0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Little did I know that when I joined Kaiser Permanente that it would be on my top 10 list for what has made this year great. I can see my physician. I can be referred to the lab. I can then be referred to the pharmacy, all in the same building. You, you've got it all. I mean, it's it's quality of care. It's compassion of care. It's convenience of care. It's true.
1: Every medical case is unique. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan of the Mid-Atlantic States, 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. Did you know Geico's now offering an extra 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies? That's 15% on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Your dentist to actually believe you?
0: And you're flossing every day. Absolutely. Great. Um, and you're cutting down on your sweets? Of course. <laughs> Wonderful.
1: Wonderful then I don't even need to look in there. Great. See you in six months. There's never been a better time to switch to GEICO. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Limitations apply. Visit GEICO.com for details.
0: This is the Cubs Related Podcast presented by CubsInsider.com. My name is Corey, and we are once again graced by the presence of Brendan, who is back from his one-week absence. Brendan, good to have you back. I, I I said at the end of the last podcast that I know there is a loyal group of Brendan-first listeners of oh, this yeah. podcast, Oh yeah. and... I'm I'm sure they're all quite happy to hear your voice again. You
1: no, know, I just want to give the people what they want. And and by the way, Evan has the audacity to come on my podcast. Call me a clown. Which, you know, sometimes is, is is true. But then to say, you know, John Jay is my favorite player and all this other nonsense, I just want to clear the air, set the record straight.
0: Yeah, and I, as I said, I had nothing to do with that. I think uh-huh, everyone uh-huh. knows that I also didn't really support uh, John Jay leading off in all those games and things like that. So... I had nothing to do with it, Brendan, I swear. But we all know you won't believe me. I'm sure the audience doesn't believe me. So we might as well just move on. I
1: know you were laughing in the background there. I know you too well.
0: Yeah. Anyway, baseball is sort of here, folks. So we actually finally, after weeks and weeks and months of getting on here and saying, well, we don't really have much to talk about because the Cubs just aren't doing very much. We've got, actual baseball stuff to We've talk got about content finally so we are going to do just that a lot of the Cubs roster uh, especially of the pitching and catching variety is already in Mesa and has already been in Mesa for uh, at least several days here so we will talk about that and even the day before, you guys are listening to this on Tuesday when, you know, the reporting day is finally for pitchers and catchers. Uh, but even on this Monday, as Brendan and I are recording this, a good chunk of storylines coming out on this first day where the reporters are there and we're getting interviews with people. So we will check in on all of that, some good stuff there and some stuff that will certainly inform a lot of the storylines that we've been hyping up and, and getting ready to monitor as the Cubs start the 20th. 2020 spring training schedule, but Brendan, we would be burying the lead here if we did not talk about the most important thing that happened on Monday as it relates to the Chicago Cubs, Mm -hmm. and that, of course, is that Kevin Rizzo got a new hat. Big news,
1: Corey. Perhaps the biggest news of the offseason. He has a beautiful, and he's rocking it very well, a really solid sombrero. And I, I got to say, that might be the best picture that we will even get in 2020. I was
0: stunned when that came across my feed, Corey. It was quite the morning. I got tagged by a boatload <laughs> of people, um, which I really appreciate. Uh, obviously, I see it. Obviously, I have Anthony Rizzo's social media post notifications on because of I'm not crazy. Okay, I can't miss anything. But I do appreciate so many people thinking of me when they see uh, Kevin Rizzo. But yes, it does look like Anthony and his wife are in Mexico, and they are enjoying these these last few days of of anthony's off season as a family, a full family with their son Kevin, who was sprawled out on a towel overlooking the water in his new sombrero very exciting and as far as wholesome content goes brendan there there really doesn't get anything better than Anthony Rizzo captioning said photo of Kevin with quote, he's not a sausage. He's a chore Rizzo. Amazing. Come on. guys. Amazing. A man of many talents. We're just not going to
1: beat that. You can't, you can't beat it. And Kevin Rizzo's uh, rocking a pretty good tan as, as Jason Hayward also noticed there. So the one question I have, and we're going to talk about spring training, but the one question that keeps pressing my mind is will
0: Kevin Rizzo be in Mesa? That's what we really need to know. It's I I think close to the top of most people's questions and worries for the Cubs in the 2020 season. At least I assume it in Mesa. is.
1: He has to be a Mesa. You know, we can talk about the fifth starter, but of course, we want to see Kevin Rizzo out there stretching with the guys. Maybe getting the team going. Maybe he can take over Tim Bus's role.
0: I, I I need to see a Corey. Right. So I, I think I, I've said this before because I'm I do think we've talked about this before. Uh, oddly <laughs> enough. But I, I don't know, obviously, if Anthony's wife Emily spends all of that time in Arizona or back in Florida. So hard to know, but I would certainly hope that Kevin at least spends a little bit of time out in Mesa with the boys. I, I think, you know, we're, we're looking for ways for this team to improve on the margins. And yes. I think having a, a clubhouse presence like Kevin Rizzo is certainly one way to do that uh, and a cheap way to do that. So, Could
1: you imagine Kevin Rizzo
0: <laughs> walking in the clubhouse with like a little tiny Cubs helmet on? I mean, come on, Corey. How do you not get inspired by seeing that? All right, Brendan. We, we can't get too deep in the weeds imagining different looks and hats and jerseys for Kevin because I do need to somehow focus on getting through the rest of this podcast. So I, I, I can't let my mind wander too much. But Look, if, if you're if you had a bad day, you need a pick me up and you didn't see this content somehow, get yourself to Anthony Rizzo's Instagram. Look at that picture of Kevin sprawled out in the sombrero. There's also a story uh, with the song Tequila playing in the background, mm-hmm. uh, the the front view of Kevin in his his sombrero. So you can kinda get the full picture. It's great. It brightened my day, it should brighten yours. That's the wholesome content that we need, and I think the wholesome content that we deserve for dealing with this offseason. But Anyway, Brendan, I want to get into spring training talk because Mm -hmm. it is here. The pitchers and catchers reporting tomorrow. We're going to start having official workouts and and things like that. And Monday was actually a a fairly content-filled day as far as things went for the Chicago Cubs. Again, like I said, we had the beat writers there talking to some of the players, getting notes on different things. And where I wanted to start, Brendan, there's a lot to to cover here. I wasn't really expecting this for, for us to kind of get this much information on this first day. Uh it. well or even before this first day I think technically the first day is on Tuesday when you guys are listening to this but Monday was a big day and the first thing and I'm looking at a tweet that has some notes from pitching coach Tommy Hotavi from friend of the podcast and a guest on this podcast last spring Jordan Bastian of MLB and, and he noted amongst many other things that we will get into that 20 plus pitchers uh in this Cubs organization have been in camp for more Than a week already, and they have gotten more than twenty of them in the pitch lab and done with all their camera work and data recording and things like that. And I think you know, not necessarily all of them are going to be big, exciting names that we all know and 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 things like that. But I think when you have a team that didn't make a lot of roster moves, obviously, as if you've listened to this podcast, you might have heard that before, Um, but When you have a team like that, and you have a team coming off obviously a disappointing third-place 84-win finish in 2019, you get the sense—and they're not alone in this, right? I realize that—but you get the sense that a lot of these guys are hungry, and a lot of these guys are there early and ready to go and and ready to— prove themselves ready to get themselves in good shape and and have a good spring and you know maybe flip the script on on where this off season has gone and I think we'll, we'll talk about them probably in particular a little more but you know you think of someone like Craig Kimbrel Brandon Morrow, both of these guys are there and and getting ready to go. And, you know, they, they, I I think, are two guys in particular that certainly feel like they have a lot to prove. And it's good to see so many guys and so much of this organization there before they have to be and getting things going as early as they can. That's what you want to see. I mean, that's the type of culture that we've heard the Cubs
1: exhaustively talk about this offseason, the accountability that we've heard so much. So I think, too, with a pitch lab and getting this new infrastructure developed, one thing the Cubs, and they're doing it now, but the one thing that they really should stress is hitting the ground now before things even get started officially. Trying to incorporate and identify changes they want their players to make and giving them enough time beyond the six weeks they have in spring training to at least successively try to implement that once the season starts. So Of course, you want to see them working hard right away, but getting them in the pitch lab on day one ahead of the official workouts should do nothing but good and accelerating their development. Speaking of spring training, this spring, follow the Cubs to Arizona for Cactus League spring training. Amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventure, incredible food, Arizona is the perfect home for baseball fans. It's a -a one-of-a-kind spring training experience. There are 10 stadiums, 15 teams, in beautiful 75-degree temperature. All these stadiums are within 50 miles of one another. So you can go to multiple games in one day. Plus, there's so much to see and do nearby. Enjoy live music from local and national artists. Explore museums featuring everything from native heritage to modern art to musical instruments from all around the world. Plus, explore Arizona's beautiful outfield. You can go hiking, biking, go on Jeep tours, do hot air balloons, skydiving, jet skiing, whatever you want to do adventure-wise. Arizona has you covered. And the best thing about Arizona this time of year, it is the ultimate family. Family friendly environment. You can bring your kids to spring training. You can go to all these family friendly resorts and hotels that offer plenty of fun for kids of all ages from water parks to horseback riding to games and any activities. Plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com springtraining spring training. That is visit
0: visitarizona.com/springtraining. spring training. Yeah. So let's talk about one of the names that I brought up, and he was uh, perhaps the most talked to or quoted on this first day. Obviously, not everybody's necessarily there yet. We didn't get quotes from everybody. I think Kyle Hendricks threw a little bit on Monday, but we didn't really hear much from him, but that would be Brandon Morrow, and we've, we've talked about how bringing him back was especially low risk and potentially very high reward, and I, I swear— that I I can't speak for Brendan, but I we're not gonna get pulled into this again. I'm not gonna tell you he's gonna be out there for a certain number of innings, and he's gonna win comeback player of the year or anything. Although even as I'm saying it, I'm starting to believe it more. than no, you're by. you're believing but, it, but I'm believing it though. I mean, you're not alone with this. But he was back, and from the sounds of it. It really sounds like he is in a good place. And again, we've heard this stuff with him before. There's been setbacks. But one thing he described on Monday was that last year when he would go all out in a bullpen, the next day he described not being able to lift his coffee cup. And he said that while there's still some aches and pains as he works his way through things— that's not happening anymore. He's able to throw, he's able to do his work and not feel like he literally can't move his arm the next day. And all of the talk that we heard on Monday was that he feels like he is on track to be ready when spring training is over. Reading this tweet from Gordon Wittenmeyer, and he said, quote, So far, so good, says Morrow, who throws his fifth bullpen Thursday. He still has, quote, aches and pains in the elbow area, but feels strong when throwing and lifting, which is different than last year, and hopes that the aches are just part of the rehab process. He is focused on being ready out of spring training. So again, it's a process. He is coming back from some major injuries and obviously a disappointing season, but it sounded good. He's throwing, he's making progress. And the reason that we focus on him, right? And I think there may be some people who are like, why even bother paying attention to this guy? Why are you letting yourself get sucked down this rabbit hole again? And the reason is because if he is able to be healthy, He does not have to be given a heavy workload. He's not going to be asked to be the closer of this team. As it stands right now, he wouldn't even be asked to be the eighth inning man on this team. But if he is healthy and he is able to give you some innings, he is really, really good. He was lights out when he was on the field for the Cubs. He was amazing for the Dodgers when he was last there. And so he's one of those guys— that if there is a chance to get that to work, it is worth expending the energy and worrying about it and paying attention to every workout. And again, Theo said this about different guys in the past, you'd be stupid to count on him doing anything or to cater your plans and rely on him doing anything. But man, Brendan, what a gift and a turnaround potential that could be for this bullpen because you we, we've talked about kind of that quantity approach and hoping some guys shake through but man if you can have an effective Brandon Morrow even for a, a small number of innings right in that bullpen that would be a real weapon and and I think a game changer for this bullpen no
1: doubt when with the Dodgers in 2017 he pitched 44 innings a 2.06 ERA and a 1.55 FIP. With the Cubs in 2018, before the All-Star break, similar numbers. He had an ERA of 1.47 and a FIP close but under three. And he's doing this by limiting walks and getting a ton of strikeouts. So the, the numbers, we don't have to go over them. They make sense. We know when he's healthy, when he's on the mound, he's one of the best relievers in the game, especially in high leverage moments. So it is a big deal. But as you said, he doesn't have to be that big dog at the end of the bullpen consistently, especially with a 26-man roster, especially with the accumulation of these pitchers the Cubs have acquired to try to get them to the next level. Even if Morrow can go out there for 50 innings next year, just that, 50 innings, and if he can put up numbers that are somewhat reminiscent of the last two years, that is a huge plus. Yeah. Yeah, he may not be able to pitch 70 innings, but Corey, if he pitches 45, if he pitches 50, he gives other pitchers who are on the roster more of an opportunity to develop, whether that's in low leverage innings or even back in Iowa. And that's important. Why? Because you can get someone like Rowan Wick to develop. You can get the next Bradwick to develop. And those types of scenarios could be vital for the team come down the stretch as it was last year. So yeah, you know, we're not going to get Morrow back to the way he was in 2018 or 2017 with expectations that he'll be a closer with 70 innings. That's not going to happen. But if he's 40 to 50 innings, that has a trickle effect on the rest of the roster which is indeed extremely important. Our homes today are like little cities full of different interneting boroughs like the entertainment district in the living room or the virtual fitness center in the garage. And Xfinity Internet keeps it all running smoothly with reliable speed to power all your devices at once. You get coverage around town, from the financial district home office to the spa. Xfinity Internet keeps your little city humming with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Find great offers and value today from Xfinity. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY to learn more. Restrictions apply.
0: Right. Even just having him available for certain games, like you, like you said, you get those high leverage spots. You need uh, uh, to bring in a weapon, put out a fire in a, in a big spot, in a tight game, and, and just use him in those spots. You know, don't bring him into games where you're down a lot, you have a significant lead. Don't use him on too many back-to-back days, things like that. But just pick and choose those spots. Like, we need someone to come get outs right now because the game is on the line. We don't yeah. want to bring in Kimbrell yet. It's, you know, or Kimbrel's pitched too many days in a row. Whatever it is, like, just having a guy that, that can throw like Moro can and blow guys away and induce those whiffs, etc., I think would be a big lift for for this staff and, and for Ross and, and Hodovy to to have someone like that uh if he's able to do that. And again, Maybe. I'm I'm looking back at Jordan Bastion's feed, uh, which is at ML on Twitter, who you should be following. He said he's thrown four bullpens so far and has built more off days in between them as part of a conservative schedule. So okay. It's, it's good to hear. Like, like I said, I'm, I'm doing my best to not convince myself that this is something that's going to happen. But I think all things considered with how low risk this is, with the fact that he was willing to come back to the Cubs on the deal that he's on and see if he can make it work and, and kind of earn back the, the productivity that he didn't provide in 2019. I think it's, it's going well. So that's something to monitor, and obviously we will. We'll hear about every time he throws from a further distance, every time he does a drill that's already started, and pitchers and catchers technically haven't even reported yet. So uh, that is something you can look forward to basically for the next month here is we're going to get pretty constant updates on that, which, hey, I'm uh, kind of fine with. Plus you want to see Morrow too. Like
1: the attitude he has when he's on the mound – It was almost like Wade Davis, Corey, that like laser type focus, nothing seemed to phase him. So he has the attitude and you want someone like that in your bullpen. You know that makes a huge difference once you get down in the late innings. But you want to see someone like that succeed as well. I mean, to go through a year and a half with expectations and for yourself not to live up to them, you want to see someone like that come back, face adversity, and succeed. And I think that is a good story. It's a good pick-me-up story for the rest of his teammates as well. And just from a personal standpoint, you want to see Morrow succeed. And him doing so, of course, is great for the Cubs. But that would be a good story and a fun one to follow.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and follow it. We will. You can, <laughs> you can <laughs> bet on that. But one of the other notes uh, that Jordan Bastian put out, and and a lot of this coming from Tommy Hotovy, I think. Obviously, you hear from a lot of him as as this early focus here is primarily on the pitchers. It sounds like, this is uh, from Jordan, and this was also reiterated by all of the other beat writers as well, that the fifth starter spot is Tyler Chatwood's to lose. Now, that is certainly far from official, and we will have plenty of Workouts and spring training games and outings to dissect, and things can always change. Uh, and you know, no one came out and said Tyler Chatwood is the fifth starter. Uh, but this was the chatter on, on this Monday and on this kind of first day where everybody's having stuff to chatter about. So, I think that's fairly noteworthy. That's been a spot that we weren't really sure what they were going to do there. And I think Chatwood's has been a role over his time in Chicago that has been hard to pin down. Uh, You know, there's obviously he, he started as a member of the rotation. They tried to make that work, tried him in the bullpen, tried a lot of things, right? So it's interesting to hear that that is at least the direction that we are starting things with. And I think from my perspective, uh, I'm all for it. Uh, I think if he I, I think it's it's pretty simple. He's obviously shown, and we've talked about this a lot, and I'm sure Brendan will delve into this as uh, that's that's more his specialty than mine. but he's got the metrics that you're looking for, right? He's got the velo, he's got the spin, he's got the stuff. I, I think even not looking at the metrics, you watch the guy pitch. You know he's nasty, he's filthy. And if he goes into spring. And gets in these starts we know what the problem is and we know what it looks like and it's not difficult to diagnose right if he's pitching in these spring training games and he's throwing non-competitive pitch after non-competitive pitch all over the strike zone to the backstop walking 10 guys in six innings then it's probably not going to work and they're not going to go that direction and you might look at someone like alec mills or some of these other names that they have brought in if that's not happening, then it might be working a little better. Like, I think it's it's sort of a, a simple situation, especially when you're talking about someone who does make a considerable amount of money, and you're only looking at him right now, technically, to be the fifth starter. So to me, this seems like a pretty normal direction for them to try. And one that even to the casual observer, you'll be able to tell if this is something that's going to work or something that is worth pursuing, or if he's still having those problems uh, that he had when he first came over with the Cubs. And, and I think you just have to hope that in this time, he was obviously uh, not 100% effective when he was coming out of the bullpen, but but certainly had a, a lot of really good innings out of the bullpen, a lot of multiple inning outings coming out of the bullpen, and it was, you know, sort of looking like at least some changes has taken hold. And now you've got another spring to work on things. You've had another off season; They can dig into more of the data. And I think hopefully maybe this is the time it, it pans out like we all thought it would, Brendan.
1: Last year, I thought he made some useful adjustments that could carry over to a starting role. So the one major change he made in 2019 was substituting... A typically heavy cutter usage with sinkers. So in 2018, he threw a cutter once every four pitches. But last year, he stopped throwing his cutter. He instead threw a cutter once every 10 pitches and instead were was using way more sinkers. He threw a sinker two times of every five pitches. That is a huge spike in sinker usage relative to even using his cutter. And why I think that's important is if we look at his release point, I've I've never seen this actually from a pitcher. His release point is identical between his sinker and his curveball, his vertical release point. And you look at some of the metrics of those two pitches, both those two pitches, their whiff rates almost went up by 50% each. So if you have this tunneling phenomenon not only are you going to get more whiffs, you're going to limit more walks, of course, because you're inducing more swings. But it's possible too that just by throwing fewer cutters, he's going to limit walks as he did last year because he's throwing a pitch that he's more comfortable with. So I'm curious to see what that looks like in a starting role where you took a 2018 pitch repertoire that basically led to a walk rate almost in double digits. And you take and you manipulate that to a more conducive, controlled-type repertoire. So will he just keep that same repertoire as last year, or will he continue to change things, maybe throw more sinkers, maybe stop throwing as many four-seamers, maybe increase his curveball percentage, maybe increase his change of percentage? That will be something worth monitoring this spring, and we'll be able to tell right away what he's working on. The last two years, we've been able to tell what John Lester has been trying to work on and what Kyle Hendricks has been trying to work on. Even Quintana. And last year, what we saw was both John Lester and Q use more change-ups. I mean, Lester in one star last year, I wrote about this on CubsInsider.com, he was throwing almost... All changeups in one of his spring training starts. He threw it once three pitches. And that did carry over and have some effect during the regular season, albeit it wasn't as frequent as we saw in spring training. But it gives you an idea of what to expect. So I want to see Chadwick succeed. I mean, again, similar to Marl, massive expectations, failed for a different reason, not because of injuries, but he failed, came back last year, made some useful adjustments, became a pretty valuable piece towards the end of the season in the bullpen, You want to see someone like that continue to succeed, to continue to get around that adversity, and I think he has the potential to do it. My confidence with that, it's up in the air. I need to see him use that command better. I mean, he had spurts of it last year, a little erratic at times, but you want to see every fifth day, you want to see something that's predictable from Chatwood, and if he is predictable, then you're going to use that curveball spin rate that's in the 99th percentile, that fastball spin rate that's in the 95th percentile. That will be effective. And maybe, just maybe, the potential the Cubs saw in Chatwood a couple years ago, that comes out with one more year of V with a new pitching infrastructure with Craig Breslow and more confidence. I can see it working out. I can see Chatwood surprising us. I just want to see what he looks like in the next month, both from a pitching repertoire standpoint, maybe some mechanical tweaks to own in on that command. But I think it could happen. I really do. He has his stuff. We know he has his stuff. A few more tweaks and it could really come out.
0: Yeah, and just to read the actual quote from Tommy Hodavie, just to give you context of what I was saying with it being suggested, but obviously nothing official. Hodavie said, uh, "quote He wants to be that guy. I think he's proven and given himself a lot of opportunities to be in that role. I think going in, in my eyes, he's kind of in that spot to be that guy. He's going to be on a starter program." in spring training. So good for him, man. Nothing definitive, nothing that I think is particularly surprising. And as I said, he'll, you know, if Alec Mills or or one of these other guys comes in and puts in a better performance, I I don't think there's anything here that is being given to Tyler Chatwood. But I I think it's a pretty reasonable place to start. Uh, You you probably want to have somebody in, in in as the presumptive favorite, perhaps at least internally, as you're you're going into spring training, it's always nice to have a plan and then adjust afterwards. So, I think this makes sense. And and again, similar tomorrow and similar to a lot of things that we're talking about. And and this is kind of something that uh, I talked about with Evan Altman last week. In in that that's kind of the deal with a spring training like this. There's going to be a lot of these battles and and performances to watch, and, and I think they'll really inform how good or bad uh, we feel about this team as as they get through camp and, and ultimately break camp. I think there's a lot of these small parts. You, you didn't make a lot of changes to the roster, uh, and you know yeah. certainly with someone like Nicholas Castellanos leaving, like there's definitely arguments to be made that the roster is worse, right? Uh, so this is the stuff where you need these guys who are kind of trying to fill those last spots or step up into a different role to kind of build that optimism. You need some of these guys to perform well and to step up in, into those spots. So I think Chatwood is is one of those guys who, if he's able to come in, like you said, Brendan, build on the changes that he's made, build on the success that he did have coming out of the bullpen in that swingman role— that would, you know, maybe change how we kind of per- perceive this thing. Certainly in the rotation, which I think is is one of those areas that perhaps people are, are maybe the most pessimistic about uh, on this team. That would be a major boost to see him come out and and really look like that player that we all uh, made sense of when they brought him over from Colorado, because he just has all of those metrics that you would be looking at, and I think it was. Brett Taylor from Bleacher Nation that, that tweeted this out today, looking at some of those numbers uh, from StatCast and Baseball Savant, and just saying, like, if you just looked at the raw numbers and didn't know his name, you would look at these metrics and say, This is absolutely someone the Cubs would be clamoring to get into their pitch lab because he's got the spin, he's got the velo. And Brett went on to say, Well, he's already here. You already have him. So <laughs> figure it out and get what you wanted to get out of him. So that was another of the issues on the list for today. More from Tommy Hotovy. Again, all of this coming from Jordan Bastion. And he said that Wilson Contreras will catch you, Darvish, more this spring. Wilson Contreras is in camp. He was there today. Uh, He was also in Vegas over the weekend. And I did wonder to you, Brendan, uh, do you think he goes over to Chris Bryant's house for dinner or maybe not? I hope so. I hope so. I like to In, think in, my, so. in my imagination,
1: I, I imagine they have dinner almost every night. But yeah. who knows if that's actually real? And
0: then after dinner, uh, you know, instead of doing chores, Mike makes them both get in the in the cage and drills oh, yeah. them on on their swings and stuff. All of a but, sudden, you yeah, Willie's his launching just increased by five. Degrees, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, right, <laughs> right, but. Uh, that that was another one. Good to see Wilson there. He's rocking. He, he's growing a little bit of a fro, which is, is great. He's letting that flow yep. kind of get out there, Let which we, out. We, we, we always support on the Cubs Related Podcast. But... Uh, that was just an interesting note, you know, that he'll be working with you, Darvish, more. I, I think, you know, Victor Caratini has certainly earned his playing time uh, last year. He, he was great in relieving Wilson and filling in for Wilson and filling in for Rizzo at times at first base. Uh, so I think you'll you'll want him to get his share of the playing time. But, you know, I think the, the work has been ongoing to get Wilson more comfortable with everybody on this staff and to not, uh, while Darvish's numbers have historically been... Very good with Caratini, you know, you don't always want to be in a position where you are worrying about when to take Wilson Contreras out of the lineup. You want that bat in the lineup as much as possible. So, uh, that was an interesting note, and also interesting to hear Wilson talk about uh, how difficult the trade rumors have been for him. You know, that's obviously still something uh, that is is not so much out there with him, but out there with uh, a certain member of the Chicago Cubs, who the Cubs should not trade, but uh, he's not in camp yet, so we don't have to talk about that, I guess. Uh, but you know it's just a reminder that this stuff is very difficult on these guys and you know they ultimately have to figure out where they and their family are reporting to for the next month in spring training where they're going to be living and and playing out of for the most you know the majority of the 2020 season and so uh you know as as fans of this team and obviously big fans of Wilson Contreras it it's uh it sucks to hear them talk about that and how difficult that is uh but it it did end, you know, his his discussion today with Wilson saying that he feels very blessed and is very happy to be back in camp wearing a Chicago Cubs uniform and getting to work with this staff.
1: I think too Wilson, he's going to always have the type of fire and attitude to get better. I mean, we've seen it on display on the field. But over the last few years, he actually has not been able to progress defensively with his framing. That's been the constant story for Willie. We know the offense was there absolutely last year, came and faced some adversity in 2018 and got above it and had a great offensive year last year. With his framing, though, that's another trend to monitor because in the second half of last year, he did finally show some improvements. And we showed this in Insider.com as well, but specifically Wilson made improvements against pitches on the upper part of the zone. So much so that he, became, well, he transitioned to one of the more league average framers compared to the rest of his peers. Whereas before he was in the top, I think 2% of catchers who were costing his pitchers the most runs so seeing how that develops next year and seeing maybe with roster on a daily basis in a more authority type role how that develops we've seen Wilson post these workout videos on Instagram which are phenomenal but you know you see him working with that one hand framing drill whatever you want to call that so I think Wilson is yeah, it does suck for him to have to deal with these trade rumors, but I feel as if he's the type of person to take those trade rumors and kind of say, you know what, like, like f this, screw, screw you. I'm gonna go out there, work my butt off, and try to go out there and prove everyone wrong who thinks I should be traded. We know Wilson has a quick block finger on Twitter. He does not deal with those types of uh, you know critiques that well. So I'm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how Wilson develops from his framing point of view. I want to keep that offense going. Zips and both Steamer project Wilson to be the best offensive catcher in the National League right now. So that's something to monitor. Two catchers above Willie at the moment are Yasmani Grandal and Gary Sanchez. But again, in the National League, Wilson Charis is projected as the best offensive catcher in the league. And if he becomes a league average framer as he was in the second half of last year, his value astronomically goes up. Seeing him catch Darvish more will be a test, especially because Darvish works on the upper edges of the zone, which is where Caratini thrived on last year. So I don't know if we're going to see, Willie actually become more familiar with catching you when he starts consistently? I still think at the end of the day, we're going to see Victor Caratini kind of be use personal catcher, but it's good to see him at least get the work in. And I, I want to see Willie continue to improve that framing. I think he has potential to show it. I never thought about that last year, but what he did in the second half was impressive. And I think that could carry over into this year.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think he's obviously one of those guys. I would think most of these guys would respond similarly if their names were in these trade rumors all off season. But I think Wilson is definitely one of those guys where you know he's going to have a major chip on his shoulder. And as we talked about, you know, when you're looking at this roster and you're looking for how can the Cubs perform at that high level and succeed despite an offseason of, of inactivity and, and not really making those big moves, it, it's going to be, like I said, in those smaller roles, some of those guys stepping up. But the real key and, and where I think it will necessarily be won or lost is those top guys having big seasons. And Wilson Contreras is one of those guys. And if you can get him coming in Playing like his hair is on fire, and just hitting the cover off the ball, making some improvements on defense, and and putting together a big season, and and we've seen him put together big chunks of seasons, you know, oftentimes derailed by an injury, uh, or or things of that nature. Uh, but we've, we've seen the flashes of that. And and if you can get it together for an entire season, as we've said, combined with guys like Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, that's what can carry this yeah. team. And, and I think a lot of people in, in discussing the Cubs this offseason— Kind of, to maybe forget that a little bit that that their top level talent is very very good and if it I mean performed... I want to even say a little bit
1: I think a lot of
0: us you know you and I included sometimes forget yeah. just
1: how top heavy this team is I mean Corey like Wilson's a career 350 woba hitter and the only reason he's at 350 was because of that 2018 season where he dealt with injuries I don't know what happened mechanically there but. After that season and ignoring what he did during that stretch, I know you don't want to ignore it, but that's the reality. He, he's been one of the best hitters in the league. So having him and Baez and Tony and Schwarper's adjustments over, and the MVP healthy Chris Bryant come back, you look at this top heavy talent, no other team in the National League besides the Dodgers probably has that type of ceiling.
0: Yes, uh, although the, the Dodgers ceiling just did, uh, get significantly higher, uh, in that, bringing no. in Mookie bets, but yeah, we'll, we, we don't go. have to talk about that. They, they're making a lot of moves out in LA to not win the World Series again, which all the power to them, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it will assuredly all be for naught as it always is and has been since the 1980s. Yeah, yeah, so the century, yeah. a- anyway, before getting down yep. that rabbit hole, um, We we did see a continuation, uh, and Tommy Hodvey talked about this, and and we've talked about this a lot. That that quantity approach, just bringing in so many of these pitchers and and getting them in the lab and trying to get a few guys to shake out and and you know reinvent themselves or or build new roles for themselves, and that continued on Monday. The Cubs bringing in free agent Taiwan Walker to work out, and he has been limited to just 14 innings in the last two years. But this is obviously someone who was a, a big name in major league baseball at one time. Uh, and it's, you know, I, I think Brendan, you may have a stronger opinion on, on just how interesting this is. Uh, but I, I'm just interested and I don't want to say excited cause it's, you know, it's a weird process, but th- they're just not stopping with this. They they are going to look at every possible human body no that could possibly no get out there this. and be a functioning member of this bullpen and I think again like if that's the strategy you wanted to go after which you know I, th- I think you and I both agree is a, a, a fine strategy the best way to do it is exactly what they're doing bring in as many guys as you possibly can some of them who have you know been touted as some of you know the the bigger potential guys in the league at one time or another some who are not as as big of names or as recognizable names but anybody who will come in on you know, either a minor league deal or a low-level deal, get them in the lab, and see if you can turn them into something because for almost all of these, there's no real risk if they don't turn into anything. But just load them up and see if you can you know spit out a, a useful bullpen at the end of it, and I'm all for it. No doubt.
1: I, with, with Walker, there was a report out there that he was topping out at 86 miles per hour, um, that is one report. I do know when he came back last year for one inning, he topped out at 94. And so going from 94 to 86 is pretty drastic. I don't know if I believe that. We'll see what happens. But Walker, he was a guy who succeeded in 2017 before Tommy John surgery with pretty impressive numbers. I mean, in 2017, in 160 innings, he had an ERA, a 349 a FIP of 4.04, and he did so by striking out a decent amount of numbers, uh, 8.4 per nine, walking 3.5 per nine, and limiting his home runs. He did this, Corey, in the NL West, especially in Chase Field, one of the more hitter-friendly ballparks in the league. But besides those numbers, he's still 27 years old. He's still a young guy. So getting him back healthy kind of following the same Brandon Morrow philosophy if he's healthy if he's throwing 92 93 94 maybe put him in the bullpen maybe that velo ticks up a little bit more you're looking at a potential swing pitcher it's it, it, you want to you know try not to get too excited about these players because you just never know but they're throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks we have at least what now 8 to 12 Flyer-type pitchers who have interesting stuff, who have had interesting histories or have peripherals that suggest they could be very good, throw them into the mix. 27 years old, probably still flexible to adjustments. He's a big guy, appears healthy. Why not? I mean, the Cubs right now, they have no other choice but to do this. But you can still see this being a good possibility for this team, especially with Walker, who could swing back from the rotation back into the bullpen and follow maybe what Chatwood provided last year, if
0: Chatwood ends up being that every day or that every fifth day starter. So he's still working his way back. Uh, so if, I you know, obviously the high 80s velo is uh, alarming and, and you know, wouldn't cut it. Uh, but He's not really at full strength yet, and those numbers are just—he's hes working out in front of teams like he did in Mesa today for the Cubs. This isn't necessarily like a bullpen or anything. This is just a, a workout. So he's still got time, and if you were bringing him in, you're not expecting him to show up tomorrow yeah. ready to get into But games. I
1: mean like he threw—so he had Tommy John surgery in early 2018, okay? He came back at the very last series of the year last year, and again, in a game situation— he threw 94. So I, I get the 86 mile per hour report, but what do you weigh more heavily? Do you weigh a return in a major league environment that consisted of 94 mile per hour fastballs? Or do you weigh him working back from some rehab in the offseason and that topping out at 86? I mean, you of course weigh the major league environment a little bit heavier. And if he's showing any type of good velocity in his workout with the cubs if the cubs sign him even you know the velocity is back there so it's we can talk about the velo but if he's signed by the cubs the velo is there keep all your entertainment options centered with xfinity x1 access live tv netflix and now hulu and peacock ah streaming zen now that's simple easy awesome go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today restrictions apply netflix hulu and peacock memberships required I've been riding a motorcycle for 52 years. I started having back pain that turned into the knee pain. I couldn't even sit on the motorcycle. I was like, oh, man, am I going to have to give up riding bikes? Kaiser Permanente, they decided I needed a hip replacement, so I was going to do it through outpatient surgery. (laughs) Panned out great. Recovered overnight. Was home by 11 o'clock the next morning. I'm glad I made the choice for Kaiser Permanente. I'm enjoying life. Every medical case is unique. Kaiser Foundation Health Planet in the atlantic States, 2101 East Jefferson Street,
0: Rockville, Maryland, 20852. Yeah, so uh, again, I and and whether, you know, they end up signing him, I don't know. They 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 didn't really offer much follow-up after this particular workout. Uh, whether you'd envision him in what role, who knows? But I think this approach to the pitchers is the one to make, and I think that they've really committed to it, which I think is all you can ask once you take this approach. They, they are not uh you know, going to short themselves on options as far as this goes when when they committed to the qu- quantity approach, they were not kidding and they are going to look you know no stone unturned, whatever cliche you want to use. They are going to try to find a couple of guys to shake out uh, and as Tommy Hoabe said on Monday, Try to have that quantity approach be a way to mitigate the volatility of the reliever position, and obviously we've seen that with the Cubs uh, in the, in the past few years. Craig Kimbrell also there talked about how good it is to be back on a you know a normal schedule, showing up in spring. Uh, during spring training, right, which is nice and not something that he experienced last year, obviously signing with the Cubs in the middle of the season. And th- that's another one where, you know, we we talk about players with a chip on their shoulder, like, I, I don't think that a future Hall of Famer is going to be super thrilled with how his season played out for the Cubs last year, obviously. He was not on that normal schedule, didn't get to ramp up as, as, as normal, but I don't think that he's the type to use excuses. I, I think he's, uh, excited to be back there and on that normal schedule and, and participating in these workouts and ramping up to the regular season at a normal pace, as opposed to just sort of jumping into the middle of a division race like he did last year. Uh, and it really last year being looked at to kind of save that bullpen, which is a, a tough role to occupy, but. I am I expecting him to be his best ever? Not necessarily, but I I expect him to be better. And I think that's another one that you know I think uh, too many people are are sleeping on. He the, he he has the stuff and and the mentality, and the Cubs have the pitching infrastructure that he should not be serving up home runs as often as he did and blowing games as often as he did last year. He's better than that. There, there is still plenty left in the tank for Kimbrel. And again, I'm I'm not. Looking for him to win reliever of the year or uh, you know anything like that, but I I I do think he's going to rebound, and I I think that again you know he's just one of those guys you know he's pissed off about the way that that went last year, and I think he's the type of guy similar to Wilson that when they're pissed off, I think if if he's on your team, I, I think that's going to be to your benefit. Kimbrel has to be though, Corey,
1: like the anchor of this bullpen. So even if he's not, you know, a top three reliever, he's got to be at least top eight. I think he's got to anchor down the end of the bullpen, especially because we love Rowan Wick, we love the rest of the guys, we love Kyle Ryan. But how they follow up their first full years of that type of success, we we still don't know. So we need some type of reliability. And I expect Kimbrell to be that reliable pitcher. There's no other reason to think otherwise. I, I know the velo was down a few times last year, but he was coming back from injuries. He had some weird injuries. He didn't have the full season to prep. Of course, we know the entire saga there. So getting him back on a consistent schedule with the coaches for a full spring training should be a big deal, and I expect Campbell from day one for the velo to be there. I expect for his health to be there, for him to be on the same page as his coaches. They have a consistent game plan, a consistent scouting report for the other teams. I expect Campbell to be that top shutdown reliever. If he's not, then the Cubs are going to have some issues with that bullpen. He has to be one of the better relievers in the league.
0: Yeah. Oh no, I I'm I, I'm with you. Uh, I again, like I. What am I counting on i I don't know, but i I do agree that obviously you need him to be that top level guy, the top level closer, and to be uh, an anchor of that bullpen to sort of make this whole quantity thing play out. I think that's kind of one of the things you're 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 really counting on is to not have to worry about Craig Kimbrell again uh, at the back end of that bullpen, but that is uh I think the majority of what happened on Monday, which like I said was a a pretty active Monday that was a lot to uh talk about and and Pitchers and catchers, you guys are listening to this on Tuesday, are officially reporting today. I think the first big workout for the team is on Wednesday. And uh, so it's, it's interesting to get this much information. So... Uh, obviously the Cubs first spring training game is on the 22nd uh, and if you look at the broadcast schedule that was put out today that means we are just 12 days or 11 if you were listening to this from hearing Pat Hughes say the Chicago Cubs baseball is on the air and Brendan after this offseason and the the rumors which still are not done uh, for what that's worth uh, but and and the lack of activity and the the talking about about the payroll and this and that. It was really, really nice to see guys throwing baseballs today and guys in baseball uniforms just talking about baseball. And for as you know, this offseason is not how I would have drawn it up. This is not what I would have done if I were, uh, you know, building this team or, or, you know, playing a video game and, and, you know, kind of an ideal world. Uh, But at the end of the day, like, the guys being back there, hearing from a lot of them, it it does sort of remind you that, like, we're, we're all here to root for the Cubs, and that is ramping up very shortly, and I'm excited to do it. And, you know, whether it's a fun, successful season, a frustrating season. You know, I I signed up for this every year for about the last, what, 25 years or something along those lines, and I'm happy to do it again. So, uh, that was kind of the, the reminder on Monday, seeing all of this, that Baseball is on the horizon and, uh, in a vacuum, I'm, I'm very happy about that. But Brendan, I, I wanted to ask you uh, again, as everyone's listening to this, pitchers and catchers officially reporting, we're getting to those team workouts. Uh, you know, soon enough, Anthony, Kevin and Emily will wrap up their trip in Mexico and, and the rest of the roster will arrive in Mesa. But. Evan and I talked last week about you know maybe some of the the top things that we're looking at and I'm sure we we covered it or you and I covered it a lot today but if you had to nail down one thing as we wrap up this episode today what is the top thing you are monitoring starting I guess today you know we got some of this stuff today but officially tomorrow what is going to be the thing that you are craving those beat writer tweets and articles and videos about as it relates to this Cubs team in 2020? I'll
1: give you one position player and one pitcher okay, for the I'll pitcher. Yeah, for the pitcher. And thank you, by the way, I am looking forward to seeing what Alec Mills brings to spring training. Alec Mills has been rated, Corey, by Picota as more valuable for 2020 than Cole Hamels. He has a wins above replacement projection of almost 1.4 next year in only 100 innings with an ERA and a FIP around four. That is encouraging. So what does that look like on the actual field? Is he going to make more changes? Is he going to supplement his already pretty decent off-speed pitches? I'm going on Baseball Savant right now, and one of his closest related pitchers is Aaron Nola. Of course, without the velocity that Nola has, but they have similar loopy breaking pitches, which I found interesting. So for pitchers, Alec Mills, what will he change to take himself to the next level? Or does he need to make a change to even get to that next level? For hitters, David Bode. I will be craving David Bode content this entire spring training. Last year, he gained a lot of weight. He suffered a little bit on defense at third base the offense was still pretty good, but albeit in a very sporadic, inconsistent stretch. So I want to see what David Bote looks like defensively on the field. Is he a little bit trimmer, perhaps? How does he adapt to different scouting reports? He got destroyed by fastballs up and in last year. Has he made the adjustments this offseason to combat that? And can he be a You know, typical force at second base on an everyday basis. If he can slot in and play second base consistently, you just covered up a huge potential hole with this team that gives not only the starting lineup a huge boost, but the depth and additional boost that we need. We've been talking about the infield depth the entire season. Unfortunately, they have not addressed that to the level that we want to see. But if David Bodie can make those improvements, then the depth becomes less stressful than I think you and I thought it would end up being. So David Bodie for position players, Alc Mills for pitchers.
0: All right, that is fair, and uh, I, I think that I would say though that those answers really scream Brendan Miller. Uh, if Thank you've you. listened to this podcast, I think you know what I mean. There's nothing wrong with them, but I just the, that's just a very Brendan. I mean, way. What, did, what did what did you say? I don't remember man who knows. <laughs> that was already a week ago. I mean too much we we uh, the, those Kevin Rizzo posts this morning ruined the not out, not yeah. ruined but they my my train of thought they ruin like I'm I'm yeah. all over the place. So Completely I I can barely deal. think past that especially to last week. Oh, I
1: uh, I got one more though. I got one more. If you allow me to do one more, I am curious and I'm not trying to steal your thunder but I am curious about it. John Lester so some of the photos that he was taking this this uh, offseason, he looks a little bit trimmer. And unfortunately, I don't believe it. So just, you know, context there. The Pocota projections for Lester not good. Do not believe it. I believe in Lester's attitude. I believe in his work ethic. I believe in his intelligence. I still think he'll be a valuable player next year. But like what we saw last year, what adjustments will he make? Will he continue to develop that change up this late in his career? Will his velocity look the same or will it be better? Will he try to implement a different pitch that we don't even know about? That That is a trend worth monitoring. And I think he's more open to change, Corey. I think he was more willing to have that change up last year. What will he do in a pitch lab? He was not into the idea that much last year, but maybe this offseason, maybe something will change. So Lester, I'm also following. Not to steal your thunder, but I still think it's worth monitoring.
0: Yeah, no, I was just going to say uh, I am also interested in John Lester. So that's no. uh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> about that, but. I think that about wraps it up. Uh, I I, I will say, you know, we did quote uh, some of them today, but as this ramps up, uh, I I would recommend following guys like Jordan Bastion at MLBastion on Twitter. Sahadev Sharma uh, of The Athletic is another great one to follow as you, uh, you know, we, we get to this point here where... That's where the information comes from. Uh, and you know, obviously, we, we write for and are a part of CubsInsider.com, but especially for these workouts and stuff, you, you can't beat uh, some of those top beat writers. Uh, they are in the bullpens with the guys, they are behind the cages, and uh, oftentimes they will tweet this stuff out seconds after they talk to guys or seconds after things happen. So I think for uh, these spring training workouts and things like that, make sure you're following those guys. And obviously at Real Cubs Insider, our guy John forlease lives in Arizona and is always at a lot of the spring training games, getting a lot of first-person videos and things like that. So make sure you are following the right people on social media as spring training is beginning in earnest. So as you guys are listening to this, happy pitchers and catchers reporting day. Uh, you know, I it would be interesting if we get, you know, kind of a, another rush of information and interviews and, and talking points tomorrow. And, and that's uh, kind of how it is throughout the spring. Things change. Pretty quickly We get updates on guys And things like that So it's uh, pretty much here, folks. I mean, they're not playing legitimate games, but baseball season is is basically here in so much that you kind of have to be tuned in every day uh, at this point because stuff is going to happen, stuff is going to come out, and things that can really shape the 2020 season for this Cubs team uh, can begin happening on a daily basis with everybody together and things really getting going. So as always, we thank you guys for listening to the Cubs Related Podcast we will jump back on in an emergency fashion if something goes down. Uh, as I've said for the last few weeks now, there there there's only a couple things that that might really be, and one of them I really don't want to happen, so hopefully we don't have to do that. Uh, but... We will if we have to. And then obviously we are now in spring training for real. uh, So we will uh, let you guys know when we are going to ramp back up to two episodes per week. I think probably while these workouts are going on may not be necessary, but we'll see. Uh, If if every day is as busy as today was, perhaps we do it sooner rather than later. But as always, we will keep you up to date on all of those things. I am at CF Cubs Related on Twitter. Brendan is at Cubs Related on Twitter. That is where you can find us. We thank you guys for listening and your five-star reviews and feedback comments uh, on the Apple Podcast app especially, but wherever you happen to listen to this podcast. And we will talk to you soon. And as always, Go Cubs! bet saratoga this summer with NYRA bets the official betting
1: partner of saratoga race course new customers that sign up today receive a bonus match on their first deposit up to 200 dollars, with promo code spa go to nyrabets.com for details and sign up today hello this is your apartment i need some favors from you your cat keeps rubbing against the kitchen island and i can't return the favor can you give her extra pets for me After that, could you bundle your renters and car insurance with GEICO? We could save money, and it's easy to do online. And one last thing, could you leave the TV on during the day? I need to catch up on my soaps. GEICO. For bundling made easy, go to geico.com today. Geico gets you access to licensed agents 24-7, which means that Geico is always there for you. If only everyone was always there for you. Like your mom, when you fill out really, really important paperwork on the first day of a new job.
0: Name, check, birthday, social security, is that a thing? Hey, mom, what is my social security number? Mom, mom, mom... Okay, let's guess. Uh, zero, zero,
1: 0017. Oh, Gemini. Hashtag done. Geico, always there for you with savings and 24 7 access to licensed agents. It just doesn't feel like summer without an ice cold Coca Cola in your hand. Stop by your local convenience store today and grab a 20 ounce bottle of Coca Cola or Coca Cola Zero Sugar. Or pick up even more delicious refreshment with a 20 ounce bottle of Dyed Coke, Sprite, or Fanta. So, no matter how you soak in that summer sun, At home or on the go, grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola today and enjoy. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.